No pants. No pants for you. Yeah. No, no pants. You know, this yeah. guy doesn't wear pants hardly ever. I swear. Even when I'm <laughs> even when I'm visiting, I mean, the guy's working without pants. I'm like, dude, put some pants on here, man. No, no <laughs> pants. The no pants lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, start the timer. Welcome to Location Indie Podcast, an unfiltered, behind-the-scenes, no-holds-barred look at the realities of the location-independent lifestyle from two guys who are living that lifestyle. I'm Trav, and today I just figured out how to determine if a mango was ripe or not. I'm Jason. That's a great skill to have. We're the co-founders of the community Location Indie Thanks for listening to the show and welcome to all our new members that just joined the community last week. We got an event coming up for them shortly. So we're going to get right into this podcast. Trav, um, getting a ripe fruit is huge, like, because those things can be expensive, especially in Norway. So I've, I've, I've definitely honed my skills at getting like almost ripe, perfect avocados every time. Now, mangoes, I don't know too much about. Similar to avocados in that they, okay. you, you feel them. They, they have to be soft. Um, I got one the other day that I thought was soft enough. I could barely cut into it, and it wasn't right. So I realized that I, I now know the squishiness quotient for what a ripe mango is. Do you have any fruit or vegetables that are the most fun for you to determine if they're ripe? Like, Are there any that you think it's a funny way to do it? Because I have <laughs> one that I... I mean... I I guess kind of avocados are fun because like it's also a bit of a challenge because sometimes I'm like it's to the point where I'm like okay I know like I want to get an avocado now but I'm not going to eat it for about 36 hours like I'm guessing when I'm going to eat it so then I'm like guessing the ripeness based on when I'm going to eat it so it's this little game and so then when I open it it's like oh what what do we have here like did I succeed did I fail did I get um, it and yeah. cantaloupes are pretty fun too because you can like squish the outside of them a little bit and I like that. <laughs> It's so weird to say. I, I it is cool. I I have two that I've learned recently. I I've been on this fruit kick and and you know I I didn't know how to find re- like really good ripe fruit recently. So I was I'm asking people at the store. Two that I figured out recently that are pretty neat. Um, one is a watermelon where you have to knock three times like on all three sides to make sure it's ripe. Uh, you have to like hit it once, spin it around, hit it another time. Okay, so you you want to do all three sides to make sure it's not rotten. But pineapple, a guy at the produce stand down the road from me just showed me. I'm like, how do you determine if pineapple's ripe? Like, what do you do? And I know there's stuff you can do with the leaves. And he was like, yeah, you can do this and like pull a leaf off and all. But the best way is to turn it over and smell the bottom of it. And if it smells like that pineapple smell, like that sweet smell, then it's ripe. And if it just doesn't have much smell to it, then it's probably not as ripe as you want it yet. So now I'm the person at the store smelling the pineapple. And I always wonder, are people looking at me and thinking, what's going on? Because I want to impart this knowledge. I want someone to ask me so I can be like, yeah, this is how you determine a ripe pineapple. This is one of the things I love about Travis is if he gets honed in on something and gets geeky about it, then he'll go, he'll start asking everybody about all the different things and learn everything he needs to know about it, which is awesome. Um, And I love that about you. And 
I love that now I know how to pick out a ripe pineapple. And I'm trying to think on the fly, like, what would be a good blog name? You know, if you're going to do like, you know, a, an entire blog on like how to pick out ripe fruits, I feel like that must exist somewhere. But anyway, um, we have a lot to cover today. You know, this is a this is a bit of a fringe topic for us, maybe how how to pick out ripe fruit. And we're we're on the fringes today. A fringe benefit. Fringe benefits. Jay. Of being location independent, you can go to the produce stand in the middle of the day when it's way less packed than at like 5 p.m. when everyone else is going. Now, yeah. Fringe benefit. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that was a little teaser right there. I, I We've come up with a list. Like We came up with a few ideas together before we recorded, but then we started writing down our own separate ideas, too. I mean, there are many fringe benefits. Like, first of all, just to frame this up, Trav, I mean, I think we could take any one of these quote-unquote fringe benefits and they could be the main benefit on any given day, depending on how you're feeling, right? I mean, that's the beauty of location independence and this lifestyle is like the the benefits are interchangeable. Like whatever you determine, like I guess we're we're starting this conversation, at least from what I understand, and you tell me, we kind of focus on like, hey, the freedom and the travel, like the ability to travel and work from anywhere is like the main benefit and all these other things are fringe benefits. But it depends on what day and where you are in life yeah. too. Exactly. Location independence, the major benefit of a location independent lifestyle is the ability to be anywhere, to essentially work from anywhere. And usually if you're doing it, if you're on your own business, you're freelancing, you're also doing something you love, right? Or, or typically doing something you like more than than a soul-sucking job. So the main benefit of location independence, you can travel when you want, you can have that freedom of of location and you know get to see the world while doing work you love. So that's like, okay, everyone gets that. We all know that's out there. And that's why people first get enamored and enraptured with this lifestyle is that they want that freedom. But what we've determined over the last and kind of figured out over the last five years of being location independent, Jay, is that there's all these other things that as you mentioned, sometimes might seem small, or you might not even know that that's going to be a benefit when you start to go down this path, this location-dependent lifestyle. Again, you just want the freedom. You want to be able to travel. You want to be able to work where you want. You want to do work you love. That's what you're shooting for. And then all these other benefits come up, and you're like, this is pretty sweet. Like, this is a nice fringe benefit of this lifestyle freedom I created. You you know them, like, intellectually, or you know some of them, but... Like I think the motivating force for at least you and I and uh, people in our community is travel. So they kind of get they don't get lost in like the sea of benefits, but they're just kind of they're there, but you're not thinking on them too much in a they're way. Not... But then when it becomes your reality, you're like, oh snap, these fringe right. benefits rock, and this is just as good as the travel stuff. It's it's like icing on the cake over and over and over and over again because <laughs> new things start coming up and you think, wow, I, this wasn't my main motivating factor to, to leave my old job and things like that. But now this is a really sweet part of it. So yeah, let's dive into some. I mean, again, we started making a list, you and I, and then we said, all right, shut up, shut up. Let's not talk <laughs> about too many. You have some, I have some. Let's just kind of riff on this because there's a lot of stuff that's popped up over the five years that we've been location independent that that again, in the beginning, wasn't a motivating factor or wasn't the biggest motivating factor. But as you mentioned, day to day, sometimes some of these fringe benefits are the best part because maybe we aren't out traveling the world at this point. Right now, you're in Norway. I'm here in Philadelphia. So neither of us are out traveling the world at this point, but we're every day getting to experience these little fringe benefits day in and day But last week, I was in Ireland 
and That's that true. was amazing. Um, and I got to explore. And I was in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Which is, ties in with, I think, the first benefit we're going to talk about a little bit. One last thing I want to say, because we talk a lot about it on this podcast, just, you know, the raw reality of location independence. And it's fun just to do an episode on a lot of the things that we love about it because there is the the reality of you know the challenges and it being hard which is why we have the community and support and everything like that because we all need that because there are many challenges that come up but today we get to focus on just like some of the, the fun good amazing stuff, the, yeah, good the good stuff. stuff so why don't you kick it off man yeah first fringe benefit this was this is very apropos to me over the last week and will be going forward is this idea of family life and getting to spend time with people at certain points when someone with a regular job might not be able to. And so to to kind of illustrate this, as I mentioned, I was in Scranton, Pennsylvania, basically the whole last week. We'll probably be up there a lot this week because Heather's dad is older and he's getting ready to pass on and, and, and pass away. And so we were able last week to ascend, to just go up, um, you know, take the two hour drive up, be up there, be with him, stay the night, you know, come back. Like we were basically bouncing back and forth between Philadelphia and there for a week, week and a half. And so that is not, we never ever had to worry, Jay, about, oh, we got to go home tonight because I got to wake up and go into the office tomorrow. If we wanted to stay the night or, or if he was feeling good or he was up and with it and we were having conversations, we would just stay over. Um, we could, you know, be with him in the morning if we wanted. So we could work when he was sleeping. So it's just this idea that we were able to build our schedule completely around someone else and get to spend time with him that we're never, ever going to get to have again, right? Um, and so I know that this is not always when someone's looking to pass away and things like that. There's a bunch of different things when it comes to family life, but it was just really hit home that I was going to a place that is probably the least exotic and least sexy place in the world, Scranton, Pennsylvania, hence why they... uh put the uh, office TV show there. It really is that dire. Um, and yet, to me, it was just as important. Those moments are just as important as when we are off and we are in Thailand and Italy and things like that. So just a really awesome benefit that wasn't something I, I considered in the beginning of my journey of, hey, I'm going to get to hang out with friends and family more if need be. Totally. I mean, I got a couple quick stories on this too. When my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer, he was going to have to have this surgery and he was really down. And I was able to like basically show up and surprise him and be there that day. And it meant so much to him. Now, my mom had breast cancer years ago and I was touring and on the road and I had my tour schedule. And I had to be in a certain place at a certain time. And she was, you know, she was great. She was just like, you have to do what you have to do. You have to work. But I couldn't do that. And that was like frustrating. So um, there's like personal example. And, you know, both of them are okay now. So that that's all good. But just being able to, to, um, to be there um, for them is awesome. And then, you know, in our community, Casey, who just went location indie and is doing work as a virtual assistant and it's getting a bunch of clients she's really like gotten into the community and just and just taken off like she she did the va um training we have in there that we brought an expert on to talk about like and she, so she watched that and she started this whole thing and now she's able to take care of like her 92 year old grandmother and be there for her so these things matter so much i mean talking about family and friends and having the opportunity to be there for them i mean like trav said i think I mean, I think when we first started, we're so juiced on travel. We're just like, you're just crazy for it, you know? And then you realize, wow, like, you know, these things happen in life as you go on. And 
the fact that you're able to have the flexibility to be there for people that you love. I mean, you could say it's the main benefit. We're putting us under a fringe benefit, but it's it is really something that is so meaningful to be able to do. And it means so much to me to have the flexibility to do that. I mean, I can spend mornings with my daughter, Trav, right now. Right. I was going to say, bring it full circle to when you have young kids. Like, you have one and I'm going to have one. And so now instead of getting up in the morning and rushing that kid off to daycare or or what have you, you could sit and you could say, all right, I'm going to spend this time with my kid. Maybe you still put him in daycare for a certain amount of time, but it's not every day. It's not all day. Whatever. You You get to make the call. And... As opposed to, yeah, rushing out of the doors, you know, getting the kid ready and then coming home and feeding it and going to bed and that's it. You know, there's the, there's a built-in flexibility there. Um, and obviously, every step of, of life, there's going to be feeding benefits. it? Feeding him or her, <laughs> uh, I shall say. For me, that's it's a better. him. For you, it's a yeah. her. So I mean, this is go. one of those things where, like, I, I might have thought about this at some point, but, like, it was so far in the future for me at a certain point. But if that's you and you don't have kids, that's totally fine. Maybe you're like, hey, I'm traveling the world, and that might not have happened to me. But five, six years from now or whatever, like, it's just such an amazing thing to be able to be there for your kid if you do go down that route. It's awesome. We have plenty of more fringe benefits to cover, Trav. Do you want to kick another one into yeah. this conversation here? I, I love this fringe benefit because I actually did distinctly think of this before I became location independent, I think most people don't. Let me just say it. And then you'll look at what I mean. The alarm clock free lifestyle. So whenever I do a presentation and we start talking about location independence, most people think, all right, again, location. But really, it's also the time freedom as well. And so whenever I ask like, all right, who out here in the crowd or, you know, um, hates their alarm clock? Inevitably, almost everyone's like, me, 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 because yeah, you hate waking up to alarm clock. And so when I was teaching in Japan, I remember distinctly thinking, this is before I knew the term location independence. This is before I followed anyone's blog who was location independent, before I had any business idea of how I was going to become location independent, anything like that. I remember sitting on a bus, getting to the bus stop that my school was at and thinking, man, if I could just not wake up to an alarm clock, my life would be so much Just that better. one thing. I, just that one thing. That was it. That was like, to me, I was like, wouldn't that be so amazing if I didn't have to wake up to an alarm clock? If I could wake up at, you know, 8.30 instead of 7, you know, because I tend to, to like to sleep in a little later and stay up later. You know, I remember my grandmom telling me, hey, don't let anyone tell you to be a morning person if you're not. You know what you are. If you're not a morning person, you're not a morning person. I'm like, thanks, Grams. <laughs> Unfortunately, the boss is not really going with that. You know, I can't roll into... Uh, Always listen to into, Grandma. Always listen to Grandma. I, yeah, I'm like, Grandma, you want to call my school up and tell them I should start at 9.30 instead of 7? <laughs> Wisdom cool. for the ages. <laughs> yeah, but this alarm clock-free lifestyle, a huge, major benefit, uh, especially the last couple weeks for us as we're getting ready to have a kid here. I Heather and I are like we're sleeping in. Like we'll wake up when we wake up, and that's fine because we're gonna have a, a human alarm clock pretty soon. Um, so just a very big, awesome fringe benefit that I think gets lost in the shuffle sometimes for most people. But to me, it's it's as important as the location sometimes. Yeah, you'll have an every like two to three hour alarm clock for the next little while. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do it. No alarm clock's fantastic, and um, I'm actually gonna loop, loop in quickly a few other fringe benefits because i would categorize these like there's the no's right there's the no alarm clocks there's the no you know what i couldn't stand when i was like always trying to get my next gig when i was going like and doing these contract gigs even though i was working for myself i was doing these contract gigs having to update my resume and rework my resume (laughs) like 
I haven't even looked. I, I, don't, I haven't done a resume or looked at a resume in forever because I don't need to deal with my resume anymore. No bosses is another obvious one. Like nobody telling what to do and all that stuff. But um, I mean, you could even argue there if you have clients with different things, you still have people you have to answer to. But um, not having to like just do a resume or sit through another BSE interview question where it's like, tell me about a time that, uh, you know, you, uh, you faced a challenge and how did you overcome it? And it's like, right. I, I have a bunch of expletives going through my head right now. So I don't, I don't want to, I'm like, I'm, you know, it's funny cause I do these podcasts and I love to talk to people and stuff like that. But I stink at like those interviews. Like I just totally bombed those interviews. I can't answer those BSE questions. I can't do it. I actually, I actually would love to go into, I, I'm going to, I think, apply for some random job just <laughs> to get called in for an interview because it'd be so fun to sit in an interview and not care at all what happened. Actually, like, the last time I did job. that, I got the job. I never, I don't know if I ever told the story here. I don't know if we have time on this one, but basically, I came up off the tour bus when I was like tour managing this band and went to this interview in like, je- like skinny jeans and like my vans and hair down to my shoulder in like this buttoned up office and like sat back like I owned the place because I just didn't care. You're totally office spacing. Yes, it, right? I was totally office spacing it, and like they loved it, and they were like, "We we think you're awesome, but next time you have to wear a suit." And um, I ended up getting a job with them later, but uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. I, I'm with you. I, one of my goals in life is to never ever has to have to write a resume again. I, I hate it. I think resumes are one of the stupidest things ever. How do you make yours stand out? Put it on cardstock or make it blue paper instead of like i don't care it's just it's so stupid and silly so no resumes cool love that no um no bsc interviews what else any other no's in there i mean no bosses no um no alarm clocks no i mean i think there's we can come up with probably a whole list of no's it's a whole show but um another all right here's another major fringe benefit and it sounds no pants no pants for you yeah no, no pants. You know, this yeah. guy doesn't wear pants hardly ever. I swear. Even when I'm <laughs> even when I'm visiting, I mean, the guy's working without pants. I'm like, dude, put some pants on here, man. No, no <laughs> pants. The no pants lifestyle. That's a big one for me. No clothing, and by that I don't mean no clothing, but the fact that I can wake up, throw a t-shirt on, throw on shorts, wear flip flops, exactly like I have on right now, um, because it's October 10th, like 85 degrees out, and here I am working. Um, I look in my closet. I have one shirt, like one button-down sh- like dress shirt, um, one tie, and two suits. But one is like a leisure suit. That's kind of a joke it's a linen suit so it's more for like uh fun times so yeah that's it and then of course i have a bunch of shorts and t-shirts and that's uh, that's essentially it man and to me that's a huge one just not having to wake up put that shirt on put that tie on put those khakis on go into work i remember when i was teaching at 232 when the bell would ring and the kids would leave the very first thing i would do and all the other teachers make fun of me right away i took the tie off and like unbuttoned the shirt like three buttons because i just you know i did it instinctively i just hated that feeling of 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 having something on there so yeah you hated being buttoned up literally hated you hated being buttoned up, buttoned up. i hated um, it you know i i think the idea of working in pajamas is sexy and i've definitely done it but i can't like actually like my mindset can't get to the right place when I'm in my pajamas for too long. You know, and I've done it when I've just gotten caught up with work and stuff like that, but then it'll hit a certain time and I'm like, all right, I got to get my pajamas because like I can't necessarily feel productive, but that's, that's up to me. That's the other thing. But it is nice if you're in your pajamas for a little while, if you want to be, you know, I mean, I know people that work in their pajamas all day, I'm sure, but 
Um, yeah, I don't usually... For me, I have to actually change out of whatever I was wearing to bed, even if that means just throwing on another t-shirt and shorts. I am... It, it is a kind of a mental shift of like, all right, it's time to work, even if even if it's, yeah, essentially the same quote-unquote outfit as I was wearing to bed. It's just fresh stuff, you know? You gotta look fresh. Man. Gotta look fresh. Fresh, so fresh and so clean. Okay, we're talking about being in our pajamas, and I want to talk about this other fringe benefit because this sort of ties in. The ability to work during your peak hours. And when I talk about being in pajamas, oftentimes I do end up hanging in my pajamas for a little while because... Trav, I'm like a bit of a lollygagger in the morning. Like the idea of getting up early and like doing a certain morning routine and all this stuff is great. And like when I can do certain things as part of like a morning routine, I do it. But I like to do it on my own time. And I don't necessarily like to jump right into the like I'm not awake enough to jump right into the day. And I like to have my coffee. I like to have a good breakfast. I I can't rush into it. And I love that I know I'm very productive, like generally, at least creatively, generally speaking, I have to force productivity like at later hours because I, where I live in Norway and just the way certain things fall in, in terms of like my obligations. Yeah, but, if you're dealing with people in the US, then you're, you're six hours ahead. So you might have to hop on a call at 8 totally. or something like but that. But I know if I want to do some like creative work that like 10 to 2 is just such a sweet spot for me. It just is. And I, I, I don't want to say it like put it out there totally because it can be a limiting belief. It doesn't mean I can't be creative any other times. But I know I feel good during those times. And what I'm saying is I can work at those times. I don't have to start working at 7.30. Like if I had to go to an office and start working at 7.30, I don't know if they'd be getting their money's worth because I'm not totally awake at 7.30. You know what I mean? Like at least anymore, I used to do events early and stuff like that. And that was fine. But it's still like, I need that ramp up, man. So just being able to determine your peak hours and work during them is fantastic. I have all these funny memories flooding back of my one real job, which was teaching, because I, I didn't, I have for, totally forgot about this, but all the other teachers used to call me 930. Hey, Mr. 930, <laughs> oh, because really? what would that happen was your was, nickname? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, one of them, I guess. Uh, what <laughs> would happen was we'd have block scheduling, and it was hour and a half classes, four hour and a half classes throughout the day, right? So one was 8 to 930, 930 to 11 whatever then there was like lunch and you know and then the afternoon sessions i'd have a class from like 8 to 9:30 and i would essentially sleepwalk through that class i was never productive you know it was i just hated teaching that class not because of the students but because i was not ready to roll and then come 9:30 i was a bundle of energy like running around the room doing all this crazy stuff and i always felt bad for the kids who had me from 8 to 9:30 because i was certainly not at my best and some of them might not have been at their best either and so they, the teachers always be like, when we go by your class between 8 and 9.30, it's always so quiet. We go by after 9.30 and you're like running around doing crazy stuff. And so that that just shows you like, I have yet to exactly determine my peak hours. Sometimes it, it ebbs and flows. Sometimes I'm really good in the morning. Sometimes I've been finding myself like really good for about half an hour in the evening. Like I might come back to my computer and just get some stuff done. But I love also the idea and then we can move on, is that you also don't have to be reactive all the time. Like with client work, maybe here and there, but a fringe benefit of it is if you're like, I'm going to wake up and be creative, because you get to set your own schedule and you don't have a boss looking over your shoulder or other coworkers needing stuff from you, 
you can sit there and say, I've got two hours to do this creative work. And then I'm going to be reactive to stuff by like answering email and doing that. Whereas if you're an office building and you get in this zone and all of a sudden someone's like, oh, Jason, I need these TPS reports and you got to do them right now. And then you all of a sudden you're doing some other job and it's taking away from what you were doing before. So another fringe benefit is getting to stay in your zone probably longer than you would if you were in a traditional job. It's a good fringe benefit of having a business partner too. When you get zoned in on something, you can feed off of each other, but that's a whole other episode. All right, let's go into another fringe benefit of location independence. And this one, I don't know if it was unexpected, but to the level that it's changed my life, it is. And that is entrepreneurship as as a tool of self-development where what you learn on the journey far exceeded any anything that I thought I would be able to learn about myself through being an entrepreneur. And, and like, this is separate from the travel. Like I'm actually separating out like the whole travel and the lifestyle and everything, like just running your own business and like all the things like having working with Trav, like all the things we've created and all these, all these different projects and everything involved with it. It's not just a thing. There's also all this stuff happening around it. Like you got people working with you and you have to become, you know, better leader and more organized and like all of these different things where I just couldn't have predicted like how much it would just, I feel like put me further along, like evolve me as a person, if that makes sense. You're constantly pushing your boundaries, challenging your mind, staying sharp. I mean, sure, there's days where I sit there and I feel very blah, and I feel like I didn't push myself for that day. But very rarely do I feel like that for three or four days in a row, because there's always something new coming, or there's a new project, or we're upgrading something. And I, I'm with you. As a, as a part of that, I had written down on my list, it, it I think it dovetails into self-development, and that is the fringe benefit of confidence. I've always been fairly confident in what I'm doing and and it, things like that, but I, I guess the more I guess what I'm saying is I've always appeared to be very confident, but I might not have always felt that self-confidence as much. You know, when I was teaching, I'd be like, "I am an okay teacher, but I'm probably I'm definitely not the best for sure." And what skill do I have? And you know, if I walk into a room and I kind of I guess I call this like um, the walking to a party type confidence because before I'd walk in a party and if if no one knew each other, I'm like, oh, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Like, oh, I'm a teacher. And yeah, maybe people would ask me where I taught and this and that. And then that'd be it. Now, if I walk into a party and this isn't saying it because of, oh, look at who we are, Jay, but just if I walk into a party and people start talking about what they do, I am usually the most interesting person there, or at least what I'm doing is the most interesting to other people. Oh, what are you doing? I'm a doctor, lawyer, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh, what are you doing? Are you the Dos Equis guy? Well, I and again, it's not because of who I am. It's just that other people are very interested in it. Hence why we started Location Indie and why we want more people to become location independents because there's a yearning for that. They're, They're interested because they're like, whoa, someone's doing something like non nonconformist, like someone's doing something outside of the normal realm. How are they doing it? That sounds pretty cool. Even if they're never going to take the step themselves, they're interested in it. And so that inherently leads a, leads me to have a bunch of confidence. Like I love talking about what I do. It radiates out of us, hence why we have a weekly podcast, right? And I, I just feel really confident talking to people, especially after a couple years of building the business. Now when I say, here's what I do, it's not... I don't feel as pretend. I we built something so I can be like, this is what my life is now. This is what I'm doing. No matter how I deter, how I've 
figure out to say it. Whether- but yeah, I mean, I like, and what you're saying is the end result. But I think like what you said before, you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think what happens is because you go down this path, like you're going to make mistakes all the time. And at least for me, you build confidence because you you made the mistakes. Like you wouldn't call them failures unless you don't learn from them. But you make mistakes, you learn from them, and you get better. You work on your craft, whatever that is, whether it's podcasting, writing, just running the business systems. Like the whole thing is a craft, really, to have to be a business owner. So you just get better as you go, and you gain and you do gain confidence. And that comes from not us like coming in and being like, oh, we knew everything right away. That comes from making a bunch of mistakes and just doing it over a period of time. And that's why I think it's just been such an amazing growth um, experience for for me personally. And, and the confidence also then builds into when another project comes in or when you think about doing something new or different, you're much more confident in, in trying that because you know you've had little failures along the way, but it's led to ultimately a success. So you're not thinking of all the things that can go wrong. You're like, well, I did this before and I knew way less. So this shouldn't be too much of a problem. Um, yeah, the confidence is huge. I, I have a story about Taylor Swift, but we'll save that until the end, see if we have some time. Because do you have any fringe benefits? Any more fringe benefits? Because that was my last one was confidence. Well, this, this, I don't know if it's a fringe benefit, but I think it was another unexpected thing. Like I didn't realize um, when I started all this because you're just in this, which is another, it ties into the community and everything, of course, because this is why we started it. But I didn't know I would get the opportunity to interact with and be around so many amazing people. Um, not just people in our community, but people that I've met along the way, like at conferences, you know, you know, obviously I met you at a conference, like people that I've met in person, people that are part of this whole like thing and, and like trying to just do something different and make things happen and make an impact on the world and, um, put good stuff out there and help people and, and all this stuff. I just never in my wildest dreams would have known like what caliber of person I get to be around all the time. It's like, wow, this is like my life. And there's that whole quote, you know, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. I feel like I just am the luckiest guy in the world. I get to spend so much time with so many like intelligent, funny, like awesome people doing amazing stuff. And it's just a privilege. It really is. I walked into a a bookstore. Yes, they still exist, I guess. Brick and mortar bookstores the Mm -hmm. other day. And there were two books right in the front of the store of people that I now consider good friends. And I thought, whoa, like that was a wake up call in a, in a good way. I, I took pictures and sent them to both of them. One was Mark Manson, who wrote the book Subtle Art of Not Giving a you know Bleep. And then one was Benny Lewis, who wrote like 10 different how to be fluent in Spanish, Italian, blah, blah, blah books. And they're both sitting right there. And I thought, this is pretty sweet. How many people walk into a bookstore and Chris is buzzing us now? How many people walk into a bookstore and are able to say, I know these two people have hung out with them. They're good friends. I could text them. And here they are on the New York Times bestsellers list and being, it was just cool, man. It was, it was a really neat feeling. I think you're totally right. The, the people you get to surround yourself with when you do something like this just is absolutely of an incredible, incredible caliber that I, that I wouldn't have dreamed of before. I know we're out of time, and I just want to throw a couple other quick fringe bennies in there. Um, one is the midday cafe because I love to go to a cafe in the middle of the day if I want to. It's a great thing to do. Um, and you I, like rhyming? 
and I love rhyming because I used to rap. I was in a rap in high school, so that is that is a fact. And you know, if I want to walk somewhere instead of take the bus or whatever, I can just take a walk, a long walk, because I can. Um, so I mean, we could go on and on and spend another half hour and do a whole other show on fridge benefits. I'm sure, but we just wanted to give you a little. A little taste of, um, at least in our opinion, what some of these the best fringe benefits are to location independence. Yeah, the day to day stuff is cannot be overstated. How how much better a location independent lifestyle makes your day to day quote regular life? We're talking about when you're not out doing the absolutely amazing travel stuff. When you're actually maybe at home in your hometown, your day to day life is infinitely better as well. So. That's what's really struck me, and I think all of these things that we kind of talk about do tie into those everyday, day-to-day things, and it, it struck me as just being like, wow, not only is my crazy part of life better, but also everything that's normal is better as well. So lots of fringe benefits out there. I'm sure you guys have a bunch of other ones too. If you are location independent or if you've had this type of freedom lifestyle before, let us know. Tweet us at Pack of Peanuts at zero to travel let us know maybe the taylor swift uh story will come out in another podcast if you remind me jay it's not that great of a story but it has to do with confidence so um we can debate whether i'm right or wrong when when we tell that story in a, in a later podcast uh so you got to keep tuning in on itunes on stitcher on overcast however you get this podcast we're putting them out weekly and don't forget guys if you want to become part of the community that we run or you want to get on the waiting list because it's not open right now we just did open it up got about 200 brand new members in there rocking and rolling have some crazy stuff for them if you want to know the next time we open and be one of the first people to be able to get in location indie sign up for the email newsletter list right there you'll get a bunch of free goodies and then you'll also be the first people to know when we're opening again so that you can join the community if that's something that interests you absolutely we'd love to have you in and um thanks for listening and yeah we'll see you next time we're gonna catch some of those fringe bennies right now um we'll talk soon See ya. Cheers.